This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to Elevate, the student ministry of Living Word Church, where we exist to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. Thank you for sharing some of your time with us today. May it elevate Jesus and encourage you. Let's get started. I love you all very much. I hope you know that. To my buddies over here on the back row, I love you so much. Please, don't talk. I don't want to call anybody out tonight. Stay off your phones. Just, this is God's word here. It's like, this holds like eternal weight. Like the things that he said, like aren't just things that he said a long time ago, but like they matter. Um, So if you, if you count the Lord for anything, you'll surely count the only words that he has recorded for much, respected as such. All right. I think I have a, a picture for you guys to put up. Uh, it is of a, yes, that dog. Let me move over. That is my dog. Her name is Pearl. Uh, we love her a ton. Uh, she's like seven or eight or something like that. Uh, you can't see it in the picture because it's her other ear, but she has like a chunk missing out of her ear because uh, she was fighting with like this big nutrirat. My brother walks up with a machete and like tries to chop it and then misses and he hit her. And so there, she was bleeding all over the place. Uh, so that has happened to her. Uh, she, we've, we've like forgotten to feed her like multiple times, like maybe a few too many. And then uh, we've like played way too rough with her. And I don't know, it's just all kinds of craziness has happened with her living at, at our house. Anyway, she still loves us, regardless, you know? She loves us, she's forgiven us, obviously, of all of it, because she's just the best dog ever. And if she was a person, she would be, like, the most forgiving person ever. I feel like most dogs would be. Tonight, we're gonna gonna look at how the citizens of Jesus' kingdom are to forgive as he forgives, as the king forgives. I'll give you some context So last week, uh, Dom preached on the transfiguration, and this week is that gap between the transfiguration and the cross, where Jesus has begun preaching to just his disciples instead of to the crowds, and he's showing them uh, what it looks like to be a church, a body of Christ, and disciples and apostles. So it's, it's amongst this teaching where Peter comes up with that stupid question, about forgiveness. Let's read it here. Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how many times will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus says to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times, which is a lot more. So in all this, Peter's like, I guess, wondering about forgiveness. And he comes up with, man, should I forgive seven times? That seems like a lot. The Pharisees around that time had decided that three times was, like, good enough. If you have somebody come up with you with the same offense three times, and you forgive them each time, dude, the fourth time, they're, they're, they're on their own. You know, you, they're... So Peter's like, hey, I mean, I can go double what the Pharisees did, plus one more, and I'm sure that would impress Jesus. But no. Jesus takes a shotgun blast to Peter's yeah, stupidity and says, no, 77 times. What's he getting at? It raises a lot of questions. 
Should we be running around with like a notebook tallying people's sins until they get to the 77th and then say, yeah, I'm not forgiving you anymore, Sam. You 78 times is entirely too much. But no. Jesus is trying to get his disciples to understand that he wants them to forgive limitlessly. Seven was already like the number of completion. He's like, no, 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 no. 77, so much more. Stop counting. See, forgiveness has no limit in his kingdom. See, Jesus is trying to get them to operate on another level. He doesn't want the disciples to have this earthly view that they've grown accustomed to through his preaching to just them over the next, however long it was, between the transfiguration and his dying on the cross. He's trying to get them to comprehend his kingdom. The parable of the unforgiving servant is what he uses to help him properly understand the kind of forgiveness that he's looking for. And that's in Matthew 18, 23 through, tw- through 35? Yes, through 35. Start in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king, this is Jesus speaking, who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That is like an unimaginable sum. And since he could not pay it, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Like that, off the hook. That's odd. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. The king wanted his money back which is good. That's what he should want. Especially 10,000 talents, because here, understand this about 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents is equal to 3.48 billion with a B U.S. dollars. If you tried to service 4% interest on that amount, it would basically take $5 a second, every second, until you paid off 200,000 years worth of work. You got that directly from the internet. I'm not ashamed to say that servant is obviously in way over his head. There is no way he is going to dig himself out of this big of a pit. So the king decides, hey, I'll have compassion on you. And that is the beautiful picture of the grace that God provides, the forgiveness that God provides. So what does this show us about the king? Does the king have the right to be just? Yes, because he's the king, right? It's like he has the authority. It's his money that you owe him. Yeah, he's going to come over and take it back eventually, even if it does seem harsh to be sold with your children and your family and to God knows where. He has that right. Does the king have the right to forgive as well, no matter how unfair it might seem? Yes. So he has the right to do both because he's the king. He gets to decide. It was his money. If he wants to pay off the debt himself and forgive the servant, by all means, go ahead. It's the same way with our Lord. He is completely justified either to decide, okay, you're being smitten because of your sin debt, or should you repent like the servant, you can be forgiven of your sin debt. See, we recognize here what Jesus is explaining is the king is forgiving. And that is obviously a representation of the king, who he is. 
So the king is forgiving. And what does that mean of those who have repented? Of us who have repented? We must be the forgiven. Let's look at the story a little more. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. It's basically the same thing he did with the king. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what, he had, what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Major hypocrisy and hardness of heart is going on here. Like, what the heck? He was just, like, forgiven of $3.48 billion, today's money, worth of debt. And then, well, let me explain. It's 100 denarii first for you to come, like, to understand just how little of a debt that was. A denarii was like a day's worth of work. That's 100 days worth of work. Like, three-ish months, this guy, I don't know, got sick or broke his leg or whatever, couldn't pay for the work that you know, he was supposed to do. At minimum wage, seven twenty-five an hour, eight hours a day, 100 days, it's like $5,800, which is small, small peanuts compared to $3.48 billion. The two debts do not compare, not even a little bit. And neither does the offense that someone could do against you compare to the offense that you have done against God. You have offended, we've offended a holy and righteous God. Nothing anyone can do to us can compare. Let's continue the text. Verse 32. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay off all his debt. So also, Jesus speaking, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. That's big. Full of rage, righteous rage. He delivers him to the fate that he would have had before because of the unforgiveness in his heart. Jesus reveals that our being forgiven is totally contingent upon us being forgiving. Other instances in Matthew support this, this same fact. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. I don't know if they have that one. Maybe. For if you forgive the people, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Without forgiving, there will be no, there is no forgiveness. Forgiveness should be a natural fruit of forgiveness on you. I am forgiven. Now I produce forgiveness in abundance. We are called to forgive because our king forgives us. Peter had an earthly view of forgiveness, but Jesus calls his disciples to kingdom-minded forgiveness, a kingdom-minded lifestyle. But let's look at earthly forgiveness. What is it? What does it look like? It is limited in quantity. So let's, uh, let's, let's think. So limited in quantity. So let's say, okay, those are nice looking shoes, Sam. Do you, 
You want to like put your foot in the air or something? Okay, fresh white kicks, right? Let's say James steps on his shoe. Don't step on his shoe. James steps on his shoe. He has a big old smudge in there, and they're creased. It's like, okay, you know what? Look, we're friends. I'll forgive you, right? Say you would do that. But what if you did it like 10 more times? Like, no reason. You may, you may not forgive him. And that's how limited quantity forgiveness works on this earth. We think, hey, look, if it's a repeat offense, no, that was a lot of spit. Whoops. So, <laughs> repeat offenses are rarely forgiven. How many people steal something three times and don't go to jail, right? Let's look at another form of earthly forgiveness biased forgiveness. People are less likely to forgive you if you are not their friend. So, say James steps in your kicks. That's one thing. He's friends with you. I don't think you have any enemies in this room. Okay. Someone who hates you steps on your shoe. It's like, <laughs> that's mean. Someone who hates you steps on your shoe. It's like, okay, I might not be forgiving you. Earned forgiveness. We can keep up with the shoe thing. It, goes, it applies in many different ways. Earned forgiveness is forgiveness that once a fault has been made, you will force someone to reconcile before you grant them forgiveness. It's like if you made James clean your shoe before you give him forgiveness instead of just forgiving him right off the cuff. Counterfeit. This is forgiveness that is not genuine. It's when you're like, you know what? It'd be right to forgive you or, or maybe I feel like I have to forgive you. So you're forgiven. But then it didn't actually mean anything. I've seen this happen before. Back in high school, there was a whole falling out where a crazy offense happened. Someone tried to forgive and then didn't quite forgive, and then bitterness grew in their heart for months and months and months. It was, it was horrible to see. Earthly forgiveness is like a measuring cup. It's just limited to how much it can hold. It's like, it's puny. Like, what if you needed more forgiveness than this? What are you going to do? It can only hold that much. You get one cup. How many ounces is that? I always forget. Oh, well. Regardless, it's just not enough. It is very limited. Kingdom forgiveness, on the other hand, what the king in this parable displays, what Jesus displays, is so much more. So let's look at it. Aspects of kingdom forgiveness. Limitlessness. It's where he can step in your shoes until they are gone and he is making your foot bleed and no matter what, you will just forgive him. Or, like the king of this parable, it's not limited to what can be done to you. $3.48 billion. What could you do with that much money? What could any government do with that much money? A lot. You're right. Buy you new shoes. It's so big. But the kingdom's forgiveness is not limited to some dollar amount or to some quantity. What's another version? Unearned. Well, another aspect of it. It's unearned. Unlike earthly forgiveness, which you might have to work for, kingdom, kingdom forgiveness can't be earned. Again, the dude was 10,000 10, talents in debt. Like, he could never work his way out of that hole. Yet, 
The king just decides, hey, look, you know what? I'll get you out of the hole. It's fine. I'll take the money hit, and you can be free. It's without bias. Kingdom forgiveness does not regard who it's forgiving. It just forgives. Should you repent, boom, you're forgiven. Murderer, forgiven. Liar, forgiven. Regardless of the sin, forgiven. Regardless of who you are. The king in that parable forgave a lowly servant for something that I feel like only a higher up person in society could accrue that much debt. And he didn't care about his status. He just saw a repentant heart and forgave. This is the kind of forgiveness that we're called to, where it, it doesn't hold back regardless of, of what's going on. Even though it's what we're expected of, I do comprehend, our Lord comprehends that there will be instances where it's more than someone stepping on your shoe. Um, where there will be legitimate hurts and scars that come from things that people have done to you and that it will be difficult to forgive. His expectation is still the same. But his supply of forgiveness to you is enough to give as well. I'm not saying it's easy. But connected to the source of your forgiveness, you can forgive anyone. Kingdom forgiveness isn't like this cup. Someone's earthly forgiveness may be vast. Maybe you've got more forgiveness than the next guy. Maybe you've got like a, a pitcher's worth instead of just the cup. Uh, but either way, it doesn't, it doesn't amount to uh, kingdom forgiveness. So, how much water can this pipe hold? Somebody on the front row, somebody in the back row, how much water can it hold? Pff, a lot, that's correct. Because should you continue to flow water through this pipe, it'll just keep flowing. You could dump an ocean through this pipe and it's just gonna keep flowing, especially since it's plastic. Apparently that stuff doesn't break down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kinda set the mic down for a second and yell. Forgiveness, unlimited. If you connected that to a hose pipe, it would just keep going. We're called to be pipes with our forgiveness, not cups. And when we connect to the source, like say a hose pipe, if the kingdom of heaven was the hose pipe in this analogy, 
Then we've got forgiveness, enough for ourselves because the pipe would always be full. That never runs out. His forgiveness is better. Should you become a conduit for forgiveness to flow through openly rather than just a container that holds it back, is limited and has little numbers on it, you would forgive like a true citizen of the kingdom. This king is weird. He doesn't totally make sense. He forgives where it's obvious that you should just smite, maybe. It's like totally upside down. That's what Jesus is getting at. Not only does he forgive openly, but then he turns around and expects you to be forgiven all willy-nilly as well. Just keep on forgiving. Or when you stop, that's when his forgiveness stops. So why should we do what this king wants? Why should, we, why should we be obeying this strange king that has weird expectations that don't totally make sense or are fair? You know, like, my, my sin isn't that bad, you know? Like, why, why should I try and take his forgiveness and then give more forgiveness too if, you know, I just, I just lie sometimes, you know? Think about what Christ did. Christ died on the cross for all sins. It means he died for the sins of a murderer as much as a person who tells white lies. The weight of your sin isn't measured by what you think, but that the, by the price that it costs to cleanse it, which was someone's life, God's son's life. Thank you. But if you haven't repented, then these aren't your expectations. You do not have to forgive. But I implore you, repent. Because the opportunity to have 10,000 talents worth of sin taken off of your back is so much better than refusing to, to, to humble yourself. You see, what, what God is giving you is so much bigger than what he is expecting of you. There's nothing better than being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Nothing better than accepting the repentance, I mean, accepting the forgiveness by repenting. Ephesians 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, the limitless of God's grace. Or 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just if we repent. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Call to forgive, as the king does, is small, very small in comparison to what he offers. It's a humility that is it's so worth it. Citizens of his kingdom forgive as the king forgives. There's nothing like his forgiveness. Let's recap. Forgiveness has no limit in his kingdom. The king is forgiving. It's who he is. And because of that fact, we are the forgiven, should we repent. Without forgiving, there will be, there is no forgiveness. 
We can be sure of that. We are called to forgive because the king has forgiven us. Jesus calls his disciples to kingdom-minded forgiveness. Limitless, unbiased, unearned. Earthly forgiveness is like a measuring cup, but kingdom forgiveness is like a pipe. It just doesn't end. Earthly forgiveness is like, oh, it said that right. <laughs> Citizens of the kingdom forgive as the king forgives. So, how do kingdom citizens act? We forgive without end. That's some challenges real quick. Challenge one. And I had to do this one, of course. Forgive the person that you've been holding back forgiveness from. That's the only way that that forgiveness is going to be accessible to you, is you do what this says. You're obedient to it, and you forgive others. There is someone who's, who you've been having a hard heart to, and maybe they've done a lot more than step on your shoes, but you're still called to this. And by his grace flowing through you, you can forgive, truly. Challenge two, consider the ways that you may be in debt Consider the forgiveness that you may need to be given. Go and reconcile relationships. Maybe you're the shoe stepper. Go get forgiveness. Maybe it's a little bit more than just earthly and you haven't repented yet. Go repent. Accept the love, the forgiveness that Christ offers. And another challenge. Read all of Matthew 18 because it is great and has a lot in it, study the rest of what Jesus tells his disciples about how they ought to deal with each other and with sin. It's revolutionary. Everything he says is revolutionary. Um, and I don't want to end without, without some prayer. Um, if you want to accept salvation, the forgiveness that the Lord presents, or if you're just having trouble forgiving somebody. Pray now. We're going to take a few minutes to just to sit here. Um, I ask that you'll continue to be as, as awesome as you, as you have been. Uh, respect the people around you uh, because there, there is there's, there's weight. Forgiveness is, is not easy to give um, and it's not always easy for repentance to take place. So be reverent, pray with each other, pray by yourselves. Let's talk to the Lord for a little bit. Lord, thank you. Thank you for forgiving us. Lord, continue to pull um, the hearts of the unrepentant towards you. Lord, show them that forgiveness is right within reach and that they need it. God, for those who are struggling to let go of, of offenses, show them that, that by your grace, by the forgiveness you've supplied them with, that is limitless, they can forgive. And that bitterness doesn't have to stay. Help us to become more like you. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening, and a special thanks to all of you who have subscribed, 
shared episodes, and left reviews. If you would like to learn more about Elevate, you can visit us at iloveelevate.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for everything you do that brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. Now go, follow Jesus.